Welcome to Sunday Morning Live Fellowship. You are listening to our live Sunday morning service. Um, We invite you to join into this service. Our meeting ID is notated on our podcast page. Right now, we want everyone to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 10. We are going to ask that our technicians will mute everyone, please. Mute everyone. Amen. Except me, please. Thank you. All right. Before we turn to our text, let me ask you this. Have you ever wondered how someone can suffer and still be happy? It almost sounds like a contradiction. I mean, how can we present with happiness and still have real joy at the same time? All of us at some point, we will experience happiness or sadness. Uh, at some point, we will be sad. We will, we will suffer painful situations, disappointments, frustrations, damaging realities. They come into our life all the time. But at the same time, good things come into our life that we experience that make us happy and cheerful and pleased and content and satisfied. For some, the pain is dominant. For others, the pleasure is dominant. But how can we have both of these contradictory emotions relate to each other at the same time. Let's go to our text, 2 Corinthians 6 and 10, and see if we can find the answer in the word of God. Verse 10, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another Sunday morning. Sunday morning live, what a blessing. Oh God, we are exploding with gratitude, exploding with appreciation that you allowed us to see another day. We thank you, O God, for everyone that is on the line. We pray, O God, for those names that we called out, those that were recently diagnosed with COVID-19, those that are bedridden, those that are going through things in their lower extremities, those that are celebrating birthdays today, and those that are traveling, those that have lost loved ones, whose hearts are broken. Thank you for that word this morning that God will heal all of our brokenness. Father, we pray for those that are yet quarantined because of a possible exposure, because of of keeping us from even contracting COVID-19. And during these strange times, we thank you that we still have our joy. We thank you that you have brought us through many dangers, trials, and storms. And now, God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this 
platform. We thank you for an opportunity to preach your word and we pray that your spirit, oh God, would blow us up on the inside. Oh God, that it would be all of you and none of us. Churches are are reconvening all over the world right now. Get in the services. Bless those pastors. Bless those congregations. Have your way in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we thank you and we give you all the glory in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 10a, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. We want to use for a topic this morning, I am an ambassador of contradictions. I am an ambassador of contradictions. Paul here in 1 Corinthians 6 is saying, always rejoice. And and I'm, I'm not going to ask you to respond to Paul, but I'm going to respond to Paul by saying, that's not possible. How can I be sorrowful and rejoice at the same time. It's an emotional contradiction to the reality of the pain I'm going through right now. Mm. Now, actually, Jesus responded to my question, thank the Lord, in Matthew chapter 5 and in Luke chapter 6 by saying, No, I don't speak in contradictions. That's what Jesus said. No, I will say it again. It is precisely when you are being reviled and persecuted that I command you to rejoice and be glad. It is precisely when you are being hated and slandered that I command you to rejoice and leap for joy. That's what Jesus said. Paul's response is to give us a look into his own life experiences in 2 Corinthians 6 and 10, where he describes himself in the contradiction of, I am sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. My, my, my. In other words, Paul will not let us simplify life by saying things like, it's always something. He's not going to let us simplify life by, by saying, oh, if it's not one thing, it's another. Paul is refusing to let us simplify life by saying this is the calm, even when things are good, this is the calm before the storm, or there are clouds on the horizon, or when it When it rains, it pours. In other words, Paul is saying, my sorrow is coming in a sequence of sorrows, but yet I am rejoicing. At one level of our emotional life, there is such a sequence. The Bible says in Psalms 30 and 5, Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. But listen to me, beloved. We don't want to oversimplify 
the Christian experience to think that joy should only be a periodic reality rather than an unending Christian experience. Paul won't let us sequence our life like that. In order to illustrate this point, he commands us to rejoice always. In other words, Paul is saying, I live in sorrow, but yet I am always rejoicing even in the sorrow. So where is the key to unlock what we see as a contradiction? To understand this and find the key, let us turn to Romans chapter 5 and 2, and it reads, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and... We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Yes, this is our key. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So why does Paul say we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God here in Romans chapter 5? We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Beloved, the only way to maintain joy in this afflicted world that we live in is with hope. Let's get a good look at this root of rejoicing and hope in this relationship between hope and joy. We see it when we distinguish rejoicing and hope and see how they are related. Romans 12 and 12 says, rejoice in hope. Again, our writer is Paul. So it looks like hope is the anchor in which joy is rooted. Hallelujah. <laughs> hope is the ground where joy grows. Notice a similar phrase as we just read it. It says that we in Romans chapter 5, we rejoice in hope in the glory of God. We should have this memorized by the time we're through today. Our joy is rooted in our hope. It is so important that we see this, but what does it mean? It means that things may be going really bad right now for you, but you will not let these bad things steal your joy because my joy comes from the things that I have my hope in. We set our mind upon how good it will be in the age to come. I know this world is 
wicked. I know we go through trials and tribulations, but one day he's coming back again and we will see him as he is. I know I'm right. Walter Hawkins wrote the song, everywhere you go, there is trouble. Everywhere you go, there is strife. Everywhere you go, there is something that worries you. But remember, our God is standing by. That is why we can rejoice in tribulation and not just when things are going good. In fact, my trouble drives the roots of joy down into my hope. My future joy, the joy that comes from knowing what is to come, the joy that is rooted in the hope of eternity, that same future joy can stream back into my present difficulties and lighten my every load when I focus on the good, hallelujah, that is to come. So what is next? What is coming next? The Bible says the glory of God. See, we always thought as Christians that the ultimate hope of the human heart is the fact that my sins have been forgiven. Oh, it's so much more than that. We have always placed our ultimate hope in the fact that we have been justified and that heaven will someday be my home or that I have been healed from sickness and disease. No, my ultimate hope and should be the hope of every Christian is in the glory of God. We were created to see and taste the glory of God. <clears throat> Christmas happened. Good Friday happened. Easter happened. And the sun went to sit at the right hand of the Father so that we as sinners could enter into the beauty of the glory of God so that we could experience it, so that we could see it, so that we could experience it with ever-increasing joy. Romans 12 and 12 says, rejoice in hope. Again, Romans 5 says, rejoice in hope of the glory of God. There is no greater experience than the glory of God. It is our ultimate experience that will wipe away every tear, rectify every wrong, and make you say it was worth it all, no matter how much we suffered. So what is the glory of God? We say it all the time. To God be the glory, we understand that part. But what is it to experience, to taste, and see the glory of God. The glory of God is when 
we go public and speak of God's infinite worth to others. In other words, when we magnify God over and above whatever that we are going through, that God is greater. I know I'm right. When you think of creation, creation went public. Hallelujah. How do I know? The Bible says, and we see it all around, that the heavens declare the glory of God. So we as humans, we must manifest God's glory because we We were created in the very image of God. And how do we manifest his his glory? Every time we walk by faith, every time we trust his promises, we are making God glorious. Isaiah chapter 6, it talked about the seraphims as saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Our hope is in the glory of God. The way that Paul says it, this is one of my favorite verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17. This light affliction This momentary affliction, everything that I'm going through is but for a moment. It is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. This was the hope that sustained Paul's joy when he was going through afflictions. He preached to himself. And we need to preach to ourselves. Most Sundays, I'm preaching to myself. Sometimes I got to go back and get the message off the podcast because of what I'm going through to remind myself that everything is going to be all right. So while Paul was going through this light affliction, Paul knew that this experience is not meaningless. This affliction is not pointless. It's not cruel, but it is working and experience for and to the glory of God that will outweigh everything that I'm suffering with in this life right now. And that is our hope, our hope is grounded in the blood and righteousness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by which we have been justified through faith. Our goal, our object is the glory of God that one day we will experience him when we look up on his face. Now you can either say joy flows from this hope or you could say that Christian joy is directed toward that hope. And you might think this is too limiting. Shouldn't we rejoice in what's happening right now rather than pointing my joy toward things that are about to happen in eternity. Well, 
We can look at that two ways. We can, when we ask that question, we can, we can look at it two ways. There is a way to rejoice in hope when you have very little, when you have nothing, when you are going through one trial after another trial. Tribulation for you is normal. And Paul is stressing that joy flows from hope the future into right now. But right now, if your life is hard, you, yes, have to make the choice that your joy will flow from your joy that has been set in eternity. In fact, Paul said, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in hope echoes the conviction that Paul is preaching to us right now. Even though your life is hard and tribulations are normal for you, but there is a glory that is coming that will make it worthwhile. But some are not going through tribulations. Some are going the second half of that question. Some are going through seasons of pleasure. Mm. And, and you are enjoying your season, your pleasure for a season. Your present joy that you are enjoying right now must, you must make the decision that you point your pleasure, your joy that you are experiencing right now to the fullness of joy in Jesus Christ. In other words, anything that you have, you did not receive of yourself, but comes from Jesus Christ. If you don't point your joy toward Christ, then your pleasure and what you have and are enjoying right now is an idol. So when can we, so we can say with uh, the apostle Paul, whether in pain or in pleasure, rejoice in hope. The hope of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So I would sum up all of these elements, tribulation, trouble, calamity, conflict, persecution. These things that we go through, cancer, death, these are all normal conditions of the life in this fallen world. But Christ has come and broken, he has come and broken into our tribulation and taken our tribulation onto himself. Stop carrying around your burdens. Stop carrying around your troubles and your tribulation because he carried our sin and he bore our curse and he absorbed God's wrath and became our righteousness and conquered death, hell, and Satan and opened up the door of paradise to us for all that believe in him. He made his glory 
the center of that paradise so that we would have the highest pleasure possible, whether we're in affliction or not. In this hope, we rejoice with the joy of unspeakable glory and full of glory. Now, in spite of and even because of our tribulations, which drives our joy down into the roots of hope. In other words, our joy literally is grounded in our hope so much so that trouble does not limit my joy. In fact, trouble liberates my joy. If you know that your future is glorious and in trip and in Christ Jesus, we don't have to live for power or money or fame. We don't have to keep grasping at stuff and chasing pleasures that will slip through our fingers. We are free to experience another kind of joy that does not come from this world because our hope is glorious and sure in him. (coughs) We must seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto us. Our hope will be genuine and sacrificial because of the joy that is set before us. And beloved, when it's all said and done, God alone will be God. God's glory alone will be the ultimate beauty and value. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day and it will be our joy to have it so, so that the glory of the Lord alone will be exalted. He is our glory. We end where we began with this message. We are not called to have periodic joy in God, but we are called to have perpetual joy of the Lord, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. And I am arguing that the key to such a steady state of joy in God is hope in the glory of God. Even when you are going through the worst kinds of suffering, physical and emotional. This is what Jesus said. Blessed are you when others revile you and others persecute you and utter all kind of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad because your reward is in heaven. Rejoice always even in suffering, because these sufferings cannot be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. Beloved, God wants us to make him visible to the world. 
when we rejoice in our sufferings, we are literally making God visible to the world. Matthew 5 and 16 said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father who is in heaven. This life is not a contradiction as we gaze upon the glory of God will overtake whatever you are going through right now. If you are unable to gaze upon that glory because you have not accepted Jesus Christ by faith as your personal Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I have done many things that don't please you. I have lived my life for myself only. I am sorry and repent. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and I ask you to take control of my life. I give it to you from this day forward. Help me to live every day in a way that pleases you. If you prayed that simple prayer with me, please feel free to call me at 231-349-1046 so I can discuss with you the first steps of salvation. God